Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Matt Harmon and I'm very excited. Last week... Is that last week? I think it was last week. We talked to Sigmund Bloom, uh, one of the uh, co-owners of Football Guys, the same coaching tree that I am a part of, uh, which is basically like the Andy Reid coaching tree of the fantasy football space. But I'm happy to be joined by another branch of that same coaching tree, Victoria Geary at FFB underscore Victoria on Twitter. She's a contributor at Football Guys. She's one of the hosts of the Football Guys Mailbag Show. Victoria, thank you so much for joining me on what has turned out to be an incredibly busy day. Unbelievable. We're scrambling right before this to update our rankings. We'll get into that news, I'm sure. But thank you so, so much for having me. I am so stoked to chop it up with you today, Matt. I am gassed up about this, too. It definitely feels like a thousand years ago that we were, you know, doing June and July shows. And, you know, Brett and I are like, what are we going to talk about today? Well, who knows? There's nothing really going on. Now there's about three or four things that we need to hit on off the top. But before we do all that, of course, have to remind you, sign up for a fantasy league on Yahoo if you haven't already. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't signed up for Yahoo Fantasy League yet, what are you doing? Time is ticking, people. Time is ticking. And if you really want to leg up on your league mates, Give Yahoo Fantasy Plus a test drive, all sorts of great bonus features to help you win your fantasy league this year. We've been just looking at a ton of things all offseason. There's so much cool stuff with Yahoo Fantasy Plus. So sign up for a league and check out a free trial to Yahoo Fantasy Plus at yahoo.com slash fantasy football. A little later on the show, we're going to talk about some players we're planting our flags on this season and some of the things that we've changed our mind on. But first, Victoria, we have a ton of news to cover, mostly It starts, of course, in the Jaguars' backfield. Travis Etienne suffers a Liz Frank injury. Adam Schefter reports that it's likely to end his season, per one of his sources. It is once again James Robinson's season, Victoria. What was your initial reaction to this news, and how have you shifted these Jaguars' backs? Oh, this is horrible news for NFL fans, fantasy fans alike. Uh, there were so many people looking forward to watching ETN this season. I have moved James Robinson up to 19th overall, RB19. I've also moved Carlos Hyde. Let's talk about Carlos Hyde again to a 48th right. overall, I think. <laughs> so this is just, this is horrible news, but this is what we have to do. We have to move our rankings. I, I moved the pass catchers up slightly as well, Chenault and Marvin Jones, but... I mean, Robinson last season was on fire, right? Undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. 1,400 yards from scrimmage. I think he finished seventh overall. But I wanted to ask you, Matt, before I shoot this guy up my rankings to top 15 dominance, can we trust this team and can we trust Urban Meyer in general? That is my main concern. I just, the game last night, that offensive line looked not great. Not mm-hmm. great, Bob. At one point, I think one of the announcers said, the running backs together collectively were averaging 2.6 or 2.7 yards per carry on the ground. That is worrisome to me. So I wonder what is your stance here too? Yeah. A couple guys that are likely going to start for this team, like Andrew Norwell, a few others were not playing last night. So there is some obvious caveat there, but I'm, I'm with you on like trusting urban Meyer, everything like that. I mentioned at the top of the show, we spent, you know, most of June and July like wondering what the hell to talk about. The number one subject seemed to be like Urban Meyer. What, what's the deal with this guy, right? Like it's also <laughs> ironic. And, you know, that 
like Travis Etienne was like their second pick for this like slasher role anyways. You know, they wanted Kadarius Tony. Hey, maybe the Giants are having a little buyer's remorse on Kadarius Tony at this point too with the weird offseason he's had. Maybe they give the Giants a call. Um, no, that's not a realistic take, but I don't know. It's tough to trust the Jaguars right now. The one thing I'll say too about just the whole offense in general, I don't know, maybe this makes you feel better. Usually I remind myself of like the the Cam Newton Panthers offense in preseason his rookie year and there's been a handful of others like these I think same thing with Washington RG3 all those years ago you know sometimes we get this like new rocket ship quarterback or like a new presence like Urban Meyer is in the NFL and preseason is mostly about not tipping their hand so there is maybe some of that like I remember god that Panthers offense with Cam Newton looked horrible horrible in his in his first preseason um and then like kind of lit it up the first three weeks of the regular season cam was like throwing for a bunch of yards obviously rushing as well some of those plays they kept pretty close to the vest so maybe that's the same thing with trevor lawrence here too but i mean damn urban meyer hasn't even said that trevor lawrence is going to start <laughs> in week one yet you know so i don't know it's yeah. Yeah, obviously that's a good point to bring up that like before we just vault james robinson up there are a lot of other variables but um i settled in kind of the same range as you as well rb18 for me um i have him in the same tier as david montgomery chris carson daryl henderson mr james robinson uh, and then J.K. Dobbins. Are there any of those guys that you think like, wow, actually, he doesn't really belong with these folks? I don't. I have all of those guys going around the same time. I, I hesitated a little bit on Dobbins, but then I, my mind came back and I said, this is the right range for sure. Yeah, I, I feel that way, too. And like immediately, my first instinct was, OK, I'd much rather have James Robinson than DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaston, like these guys that I've I've been saying, like, I'm not trying to draft any of these players at, at their current ADP. My initial feeling was just, OK, I'd much rather have Robinson there. I like that you bring up the point about the pass catchers, too, because, you know, I don't think that like LaVisca Chenault, I don't think is now moving back into the role that people kind of might have pigeonholed him as as like a gadget guy. I think he's their true big slot receiver, right? Um, I don't think he's going to suddenly be taking a bunch of rushing attempts or anything, which by the way is good. We don't, we don't want him in that role. We actually would prefer him to just be a true big slot. Um, but at the same time, ETN was ticketed for a lot of pass volume. So I think that's kind of the, the move here that what people might forget about, which is we should tick up Chenault Jones and I guess Chark too, even though still kind of an unknown. I like also, by the way, that you mentioned Carlos Hyde. He is still a person. He is still going to be doing things. I don't know that he's going to play that much, though. I don't know that he's going to play as much as people think. But uh, we wanted to ask you this, Victoria, because you are a well-known Bills fan. By the way, good times, good times for you. Uh, I think you have a certain catchphrase about uh, their quarterback. I don't know if you want to divulge that here for the people. Oh, should I? Yeah, some of my some of my team names for fantasy leagues this year is uh, Josh Allen is daddy. So there's there's that. And he is and he is. And that is the proper way to refer to him. So we want to just jump into this. um, Speaking of of our daddy, Josh Allen, that was a weird (laughs) way for me to just go into this question. But our last podcast is a lot is one of our live stream preseason this year. We're doing them on Monday. Uh, August 30th at 1 p.m. Eastern next week. Tune into Yahoo Fantasy Socials. Um, Andy Barons is there asking, answering all of your fantasy questions. Like, thank God Andy is uh, on the case there. The leftover question, though, we saved for you because of your Bills fandom. Not Mikey R asks, what's the best round to draft Josh Allen? I really want him on my team when the draft rolls around, and I'm, I'm nervous to wait too long. And I got to tell you what, Mikey, I kind of feel the same way. So, Victoria, help me out here. Where are we drafting Josh Allen this year? This is so tough because he's now in the upper echelon of the Mahomes, the Lamars, the, the early round picks, the Murrays. So he's I've seen him go currently anywhere from the fourth round to the very early fifth. I'm not sure as much as this breaks my heart because I love me some Josh. I don't know if I'm going to have him on a lot of my teams yeah. this year because of that. There's so much value to be had in those those early rounds. So I'm, I'm OK waiting uh, on quarterback in some of those leagues, but if you must have Josh, your dude, I think to ensure you get him, you have to pay up. You might go mm. as 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 early as a late third, maybe a mid fourth, or else you chance that exactly what what the question was. You chance losing out on him if you're waiting till that fifth or sixth round. So you really have to pay up if you want Josh on your teams this year. 
So I think basically by kind of what what you're implying there is like the fourth round is the most comfortable range to start considering it. But if you really want to lock him in, it's the third round range that you've got to do that. And it's hard, though, like not not only is it that we have obviously there's a lot of value that you're passing up. It's the opportunity cost of some of the running backs and especially some of the receivers in that range that you're going to have to pass up to, to get Josh Allen. I'm with you. I would start thinking about it in the fourth round though, because unlike previous years, it's hard to do. It's, it's not as easy to just get by at the quarterback position with streaming with late round quarterbacks stuff because of guys like our daddy, Josh Allen, who (laughs) is not just a, great passer he also brings the rushing equity but he brings that passing efficiency and the marriage of those two has just juiced up the upside so i think that's why we're thinking about it right absolutely yeah i mean at this point actually let me because this i i don't quite have my quarterback strategy like locked and loaded yet so i'm actually curious in if you're not taking the josh allen of the world you know the 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 lamar jackson tier the patrick mahomes tier you know kyler murray dak prescott kind of the next tier of guys for me with Ru- i have russ in that tier as well and i i have taken russ you know when he falls into like a comfortable range too but if you're not taking any of those early guys are you sort of like who's who's the late round quarterback to draft this year because in previous years it was kind of if you were right on josh allen last year which i'm sure you were i was shout out to us we're, we're, we're so smart. Um, being in on Josh Allen last year, that was the way to be. Um, the year before, if you were in on Lamar Jackson as a pretty late round guy, huge profit there. This year, like the easy one would be Jalen Hurts. He's a damn like top 10 quarterback already. You know, like he's already getting drafted in that range. So it's like that you don't really get the, the same late round equity there. Who are the late round guys this year that could potentially be like the league winning quarterback? Well, Jalen Hurts, we're going to talk about him a little bit later in our plan as a flag for sure. I love me some Jalen Hurts. So if you're taking Hurts, Hurts away from me here in this answer, Ryan Tannehill, I think I don't understand why the ADP has not risen on this guy after Mm -hmm. Julio was signed. Their defense last year, I think, was got lucky a lot, that turnover advantage, right? They're going to have to throw, I think, this year a ton. And now that he's got Julio and A.J. Brown on the outside, and his efficiency is wild. And his ADP yeah, just didn't, it didn't adjust accordingly. I think you can still get him in the, in the 10th or 11th round, and that value is incredible. As long as Sean Payton does not name a starter yet for the Saints, too, <laughs> I'm still waiting on that. I've been on the Winston train hoping he would – come back for fantasy when Jameis Winston is a starting quarterback fantasy football is just more fun right so mm-hmm. I'm hoping if he's named the starter he could be a nice nice late round pick there too yeah definitely and I think too if you're planning on drafting Fields or Lance and I want to draft those guys right but you also have to have the contingency plan and I think too like Tannehill could be the best of both worlds because he can be a contingency plan and you could still take you kind of could platoon with Fields and Lance there, or you have a couple of QB ones on your roster there, you know, at that point, like, cause Tannehill, this starting schedule for the Titans, they face the Cardinals, Seahawks, then the Colts and the Jets, but like a couple of like high flying games there, right. To start the year where Tannehill is going to have to push the ball down the field. We've got AJ Brown, as you mentioned there, Julio Jones, like you're right. The ADP never really adjusted there. I've had Tannehill as my quarterback 10, basically all off season, kind of signaling him as a guy that could be an every week starter. So I like that pick there. And yeah, Jameis Winston last night, it is kind of important to talk about this because he was unbelievable, right? Like, and, and Marcus Callaway too, like, those, Marquez Callaway, let's let's go. Absolutely. I mean, I think I tweeted last night. Marcus Callaway is he is his ADP going to make it to the fourth or fifth round in the next <laughs> couple of weeks? We'll see, right? But it was. I'm sitting on the couch just screaming and almost laughing. Like this is amazing. We have missed this intensity, this excitement, and I don't think Taysom Hill's made a throw like those two that no. Winston made last night ever in his career. And Winston's just one year removed from a QB three finish. I think he was getting 20 points per game. So we forget that you kind of, if you pick Winston, if he's the starter, you have to ride that roller coaster, right? He's yes. going to throw some yes. interceptions, but maybe if you pick Winston as your quarterback, don't look at your, your fantasy matchup until the end of the night. So you don't have a heart attack while you're watching it. <laughs> 
Smart, smart advice, because I've been saying all along that the worst part about the Saints offense this year, and there's a lot of question marks, is that they have five, five primetime games. So, like, if you're riding the Jameis Winston roller coaster, you're going to end up seeing a lot of that roller coaster if you're watching the primetime games. That is the problem of it, you know, if you're if for your like your your mental health for like not having a heart attack, like you mentioned. But. If again, he is part of your plan, if he's named the week one starter, and that would be great if we got clarity, like at some point we got to have clarity, like it's August 24th here, noon on the West Coast, and we still don't know who the Saints starting quarterback is. That's what's so hard about projecting Marquez Callaway as a sleeper. Adam Troutman, he gets injured last night. He's kind of out of the mix at this point. Also wasn't really ticketed for the role that a lot of people thought he was going to be anyways. You know, Tony Jones is is kind of rising up as their second running back there. And, you yes. know, he's on that late round radar. And even like how confident can we be on in Alvin Kamara as a top five RB1 overall does kind of depend on Jameis Winston starting. Like Taysom Hill throws a wrench into the whole equation. So if we get clarity on Winston, I think it does solidify. And again, if he's part of your quarterback platoon plan to wait for Fields and Lance, Packers, Panthers, Patriots, Giants, like those two first weeks, those could be really nice uh, matchups there. High scoring games against the Packers. The Panthers defense is obviously problematic from a well, they, they draft JC Horn. We'll see how it goes. But um, regardless, those are still two pretty good matchups to start the season there. All right. Enough of this. Let's move <laughs> into the meat of the show here. We're going to chat about two types of players today. Guys, we're number one planting our flags on this year and uh, some dudes who have caused us to do kind of um, a 180. So let's talk about the, the those in reverse order. Some players we've changed our mind on this season. Um, I think the latter group is probably a bit more interesting. So let's talk about some players that you have changed your mind on this year. Let's start at quarterback. Absolutely. Now, again, as a Bills fan, this pains me to admit, but Zach Wilson Oh, yes. (laughs) Zach Wilson surprised probably not only me, but many, many others. Right. And I guess it kind of feels silly thinking, why were we underestimating the second pick overall in the NFL draft? Right. Because we're we're excited to watch Trey Lance. We're excited to watch Justin Fields, these electric rushing quarterbacks. Probably because he looks like he's 15 years old. I think that's I think that's part of it. I really I really (laughs) think if he had like a beard we might not be taught like we might be all in right well maybe he needs to go well can he grow a beard we'll see we'll see it throughout the know. season someone he, should ask absolutely we'll ask his mom right uh so he had four drives he, he led four drives two touchdowns and a field goal 128 yards he was heavily targeting Corey davis which i was loving loving because i've been i've been high on Corey davis this season just when he signed with them they paid him a lot of money, so it's good to see him healthy after that shoulder injury and OTAs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wilson had he excellent pocket presence. His footwork and mechanics look good. He led his pass catchers, got the ball quickly. And that offensive line surprised me. I know, again, preseason, maybe they were playing against the twos or whatnot, but the offensive line, people have low expectations for them this season. I think a little worse than middle of the pack, but they were looking good and protecting him. So if you can keep that up this season, keep them on your radar as your potential QB too. Like you said, is that that strategy of you get someone sure, maybe like Tannehill and get Wilson in the later rounds. If he hits, you have trade value or you can use him. Exactly. And we really kind of need Zach Wilson to come through because there are a lot of receivers that we like. And that kind of dovetails into my, the receiver I changed my mind about is Corey Davis. Not so much like just because of preseason. Actually, it was, Several months ago, you know, while there's so much weeping and gnashing of teeth of like Denzel Mims is playing with the third team, you know, uh, Elijah Moore is getting I love Elijah Moore. I'm so high on Elijah Moore as a player. And I, I really hope he gets back in time for week one to to reap some of the benefits of this Zach Wilson stuff. But there's so much attention on him. There's all this like Jamison Crowder contract talk. He eventually resigns. Like people are shocked that Keelan Cole is actually a good NFL player. Um, he is a pretty good receiver, by the way. Like don't don't underrate the guy. All of that like caused us to kind of forget about Corey Davis, who I thought when he signed with the Jets, I'm like, all right, I'm never drafting Corey Davis. But when you just like when I did my projections and, you know, you just dole out targets, you dole out snaps and routes run and everything like that, it really leads you to to see that Corey Davis was extremely undervalued all along. And it's like now that in the preseason, we're starting to kind of see that. So I didn't think when he signed with the Jets, I'd be in on him from fantasy. But 
I have him as like my wide receiver 36. You know, Ooh. that's pretty, pretty high, much higher than he is in like consensus rankings. And I'm not even some like big Corey Davis fan as a player or anything, but he's pretty good. And I think he's going to run the type of routes in this offense that will be very conducive to uh, production. So we're kind of on the same page here, like with Wilson and then the trickle down to, to my receiver pick, which is um, Corey Davis. So, yeah. Who would have thought? What a shock. Use that shock. meme. Who would have thought we would be here talking about this? <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Certainly not you as a Bills fan. You definitely didn't think we'd be here. Let's stick in the AFC East, actually, uh, with your running back. Is this your running? Is this Harris running back or uh, with the Patriots or uh, or the Steelers? Oh, Najee. Najee, I apologize. Oh, I'm an idiot. Well, all right then. Yes, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk Najee Harris because I might kind of be on the same page as you here. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean... This this isn't a pick where I was so down on him before the season start or the preseason started or anything like that. I would say I yellow tape proceeded with caution, right? I had some yes. concerns back in in late June. One of them being Ceh, could he be this year's Ceh? Ceh, we mm-hmm. drafted much too high last season after the rookie hype went a little too far. Oh my far, god, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> and everyone's disappointed in his season, even though it really wasn't that bad at all. Just, just in relation to where we drafted him, you know, some fourth, fifth overall. It just, it was a little too much, right? Also, the Steelers' offensive line were recently ranked as fourth worst by PFF ahead of the season. They were only 23rd in red zone attempts last year. I just thought, ah, maybe Najee would struggle behind the line. I don't know. I worry about Big Ben and his noodle arm. I've been saying that noodle arm expression all season. (laughs) And just would his ADP be too rich? And now just watching him out there these last couple of weeks, he is just electric. You can see we forget that the Steelers had holes all over their 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 roster and they chose Najee for their for their first round pick. They chose Najee and they're going to utilize him. He is going to be on the field, all over the field. They can put him out in space. He had that insane catch for 40 some yards this past uh weekend. That was electric to watch. The stadium went crazy. I think I think it was just a little hesitant. And now I've I've got him 12th as my RB 12 ranked overall. And, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do right there with you. I have him as RB 12 as well, just behind Antonio Gibson, who I'm obsessed with. And Ooh, same, uh, same. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, well, I think we will definitely talk about that later. Um, and then right ahead of Joe Mixon finally made the move last week to, to bump Najee over Joe Mixon there. And it really comes back to everything that you said, like the fact that they ticketed him, this is the guy that we need this, you know, whether you agree with it or not from like an NFL value perspective, they ticketed Najee Harris as the guy that was going to change, not just their offense, but their kind of entire team identity as they push to win one more um, Super Bowl here. And just for context too, 2014 Le'Veon Bell, 83% of the snaps, 2015 D'Angelo Williams in 10 starts, 86% of the snaps, 2017 Le'Veon Bell, 85% of the snaps, 2018, James Conner in relief of Le'Veon Bell during the contract dispute, 80% of the snaps, 13 starts. So what that kind of goes to show is when the Steelers find a guy, that's the guy. Last year, obviously, there was no there was no guy, right? There was no um, James Conner was kind of in and out of the lineup. Um, They obviously have uh, Benny Snell doing some stuff there. They had Jalen Samuels doing the whole Jalen Samuels thing like but there's no guy. Now they've got a guy again. I think we can comfortably project Najee to be an 80% snap player, maybe even 85, close to 90. Like at some points during the Le'Veon Bell peak, he was never leaving the field. And I feel like Harris is kind of getting into that territory now. So I feel like we've had, you and I have actually gone through like a very similar process here with the whole Le'Veon Bell, or excuse me, see, Freudian slip there, the whole Najee <laughs> Harris thing here. Like I really think he is a guy that could, like if you if he's there in the second round for you, I think you have to you have to take him. You, you because like in some leagues he's going he's going like round one in like you know sharp analyst leagues or whatever. Okay, so running back, I've changed my mind on. It's kind of I don't know. I maybe I'm just stupid for falling for the whole Michael Carter thing, but I feel like I've gone through like the whole circle here with Michael Carter as well. Like it's a, I, yes. well, I don't know why I'm talking about so many Jets, but you know, the opening of training camp, it's like, he's going out as the RB one. He's, he's out there atop the depth chart, whatever. Then by like this past preseason game, he's playing into like what the third, fourth quarter almost. So I don't know, like is, is Michael Carter, even a guy 
like where where would you consider drafting him at this point? Like I ha- I bumped him down to like running back thirty five, like in the tier of you know dudes like Melvin Gordon and stuff like that. Like I don't know. I'm I I feel like a kind of a sucker for potentially buying into not. Ju- I wasn't so much buying the draft hype of Michael Carter. Like after the draft, he was, good. but then it sort of sounded like the team was gonna push him out there as the top yeah. running back, and now it doesn't look like it's gonna happen like that. I I was in a similar cycle. Obviously, we were all hoping for this another rookie breakout right the rookie hype and then i think we just forgot he was a day three pick. Round pick yeah yeah, yeah. day three yeah. pick and and that's whether we like it or not that's important and tevin coleman is there i'm not saying i'm not in on tevin coleman at all this season i i'm not in on that hype but he's there he could be a thorn in the side ty johnson looked good in preseason and when they gave ty johnson a shot last year he made the most the of it as well. Yeah. So I just think the backfield is too gross right now to really decipher. He could pull away still mid-season toward the end of season, but do you really want to roster him that entire time on your a Jets running back on your bench that entire time exactly. clogging a roster spot? No, probably not. So it's time we, we maybe die down the hype a little bit on Michael Carter, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he should be like an 11th round pick or something like that. And if it, if it just is, looks looks clear, like from the first two weeks of the season, that he, it's actually just a straight committee, and he's only playing on passing downs or something, he's like your first drop. You know, he's the first guy that you dump off your bench for the hottest waiver wire pick of the week or whatever, uh, because like you have to have those options. And I think Carter, you'll get an answer pretty quickly on how things are going to go from his rookie year. And yeah, Tevin Coleman might not be exciting or anything, but system familiarity, everything like that. So I can understand why they're going to go that direction. What about your receiver that you've changed your mind on? I hate to go back to last night, right? Well, Corey Davis was one we've already hit on last night. Marcus Calloway. What? Yeah. What was that? Right. And I, I want to bring this up really quickly because as I was poking around Twitter last night, I saw Kyle Yates with fantasy pros tweet out. One of the things that's tough about, you know, player analysis is that we can't see player development. He said, we analyze and overanalyze, but there's no way to, for us to account for a player, you know, for lack of better words, working his butt off and getting better. So yeah, yeah. What, what we saw last year he, this guy shouldn't even be on our radar, right? And then he, we see he's clearly taken advantage of this opportunity with Michael Thomas sidelined out for what they say could be through midseason. Really no other reliable pass catchers in the building now. Like you said, Troutman, their tight end is injured now. He was electric last night. And yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it, he's besides Kamara, he's going to be the guy, the number two pass catcher for that offense. And that's worth a lot in the Saints offense. We know Traquan Smith. He's been in the league a couple of years now. He he had an opportunity last year with Michael Thomas out, and we didn't see much of him. So I'm not not too worried about that. I, I think Callaway might, if he can retain some kind of value still throughout these next couple of weeks for for home league drafts or a redraft, he's a fantastic upside pick. Yeah, no doubt. And I think Kyle is right to point out that it's tough to track player development. It's tough to know like when guys are just going to make that jump for working their ass off and everything like that. But the one thing that we do get is like the steady drumbeat. And, you know, this is like something that I learned from Sigmund Bloom, Cecil Lammy, longtime football guys, like to follow that offseason drumbeat. And for Callaway, it has been pretty steady. Like it wasn't just for all the folks out there screaming into their headphones that are listening <laughs> to this or their car radio or whatever. Like it's the preseason. It's against backups. Like, well, again, thank you for that. revelatory notion there that it's the preseason wow what a shock didn't know that but this has been this is not just one preseason game this is something that they've been talking about the saints all off season like that steady little drumbeat that hey this callaway guy like we really like him like when they started talking people up post michael thomas the first one that they went to was marquez callaway everybody that's been at saints practice says he's been crushing it like i think we should buy into to the point that He's definitely on that late round radar. You know, it gets like post round 11 or something like that. And you still want to fill out that depth receiver spot. I think Callaway is a good way to go there. Let's hit tight end here real quick uh, because I don't know. I mean, I thought mine would be Dallas Goddard. I thought he might be able to jump into that like top six territory. But Zach Ertz is still on the field or, or still on the Eagles. 
Well, yeah. I did not expect Zach Ertz. Yeah, right. I didn't expect <laughs> Zach Ertz and his now bleach blonde hair to still be on the Eagles. But sure enough, both of those things have come to pass. And now it sounds like he's going to be on the team. Zach Ertz doesn't sound like they're going to trade him. So we kind of feel like we kind of have to cool it with the whole Dallas Goddard thing. Like, I think he'll just be in that same range of guys like maybe Robert Tunyon, Logan Thomas as guys who have, you know, some decent target competition. Obviously, we'll have weekly upside. Like there are going to be weeks where Dallas Goddard posts some big numbers. Same with Robert Tunyon, same with Logan Thomas. But all of those guys in that tight end tier four for me are more like just volatile guys, not guys you can lock and load every single week. Absolutely. I'm with you, too. I was banging the drama on Goddard. And as we inch closer to the season, who thought Zach Ertz was going to be on this roster? Maybe maybe some because of his contract and what, what a team would owe if they traded for him necessarily. But now it's just it's too convoluted it's too much too too many uh i hate this term that fantasy analysts use too many tight end mouths to feed right so uh, <laughs> i definitely have moved goddard down as well as much as that pained me so someone you changed your tune on though is that is that the guy that you're yeah that would be the guy using? that i changed my mind on yes okay yes, yeah i'm gonna throw this out there obviously we don't have to spend a long time on it but pat fryer moved for the the steelers this weekend Looked good. Good, yeah. He was a red zone monster in college for Penn State. I mean, Big Ben loves his tight ends. And I'm not saying, shoot, Pat Frymouth up your rankings. I think if you keep Pat Frymouth in the back of your head as you're going into your late, late last round picks and you put him on your bench, someone to keep an eye on, certainly. Something that I didn't expect to see was that Ebron was on the field late going into that game fairly Mm -hmm. late that was very interesting to me to see that so just he could be a steal if you wait to your to your last round picks there at the worst like keep him on your waiver wire speed dial you know maybe like a dynasty option at some point too like because you know we don't always expect rookie tight ends to hit and everything like that but he could really have like some weeks this year and then we're talking about next year maybe he's just straight up like ebron is gone i don't know what ebron's contract situation looks like whether he could actually be like a a, ro- a roster bubble guy this year or not, but that would be pretty exciting for Pat Fryermuth as well. But all right, let's move into the fun part. Let's move into the fun part. Yes. Let's, let's close the show here with guys we are planting our flags on. Reputations on the line here, Victoria. So no pressure. Oof. No pressure. Just kidding. No, just kidding. <laughs> Reputation is, is actually not on the line. No one, no one really cares that much um, about us and what we have to say. But let's start with your quarterback pick, somebody we already mentioned actually earlier in the show. Absolutely. Quarterback Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, I think is going to be this year's Josh Allen slash Kyler Murray from last year. And I know he's not going as late, but he's still, I'm seeing him still going 100th overall, 10th round. If you're in a 10 team league, you could still get him as a value there. He's possesses tremendous rushing upside as we know. And he just gives you a ceiling that you're looking for. You want that in your lineup each week. He had a week last year, 2020 week 15, he had 38 fantasy points. The sixth, yeah. <laughs> it was the sixth highest single game score from quarterback. Like that, he has that insane ceiling that you want every, every single week. He made the Eagles offense better. I mean, that's not, is that saying very much because Wentz was at the helm before that? I'm not sure, but they were, <laughs> when he took over, they went first overall in total yards per game. And and let's talk about that completion percentage, though, right? That was pretty ugly, about 52% completion. That's going to scare some people off. People will say, oh, you have to be a good pass catcher, too, to, to get some value from your quarterback. But he threw 46% of his attempts, 10 or more yards. That was the highest rate in the NFL. So mm. he, could, he could, I think good he could contact. easily, he could easily increase that completion percentage this year. Healthy offensive line back intact. The Eagles were in shambles last season toward the end of the year when Hertz took over, they were just, he was running for his life and they added Devonta Smith, who I'm very excited to see this season. So uh, I'm very, I'm very high on Hertz for the season. Yeah. Uh, Devonta Smith too, I think is going to just change the way this offense operates because they'll actually have somebody who can get open, you know, on short routes. We saw that even in the preseason game. Um, the last time the Eagles played like Smith was getting open quickly, presenting layup options for the quarterback. I think that's going to be huge for a guy like Jalen Hurts. I will admit that I I did 
put Jalen Hurts in my quarterbacks to avoid uh, option here this this week for the group piece. So um, I'm not going to totally rain on your parade, though, because I wrote it with the caveat of like the reality is like if he plays 17 games here and I'm still getting used to playing 17 games. (laughs) But if he plays 17 games this year, like plays the starts all year and he runs the way he did last year, like. He's going to be a top 12 quarterback, you know, set it and forget it. Even if his adjusted yards per attempts, completion percentage over expectation, like some of the efficiency metrics I like to look at for quarterbacks, even if those are still subpar like they were last year, he's he's going to run enough that he's going to give you a great floor. I'm with you that if you can get him in round 10, I actually just drafted Jalen Hurts in like the, the late round, like round 10 to 11 turn just recently. So as long as he's going there. I'm okay with it. Just wouldn't take him with like an eighth or ninth round pick, something like that. I think there's still too much opportunity cost that you're passing up there for some of the real sleeper running backs. I like my quarterback that I'm planting my flag on this year is absolutely. And this is like, it's no like sleeper or anything. It's Russell Wilson though. Like, because I think Russell Wilson is not regarded in the Kyler Murray, Josh Allen conversation or the, the, even the Dak Prescott conversation, but he should be. I realized that there were rocky moments with the, this offense last year. And like, I mean, I'm always planting a flag on Tyler Lockett. I've been doing that since um, before it was correct <laughs> to put it that way. That's how long I've had a flag on Tyler Lockett, but people are just upset about the fact that like the consistency wasn't there. And sure. That was a bummer last year, but unless you can project Lockett to lose any volume, it doesn't really matter when projecting him forward this year. And I think, frankly, the entire offense will be much more stable. I think Shane Waldron's going to boost the play volume overall, the pace of play. And I think it'll just be a much more efficient passing offense based on the layups that are going to be provided by that branch of the, you know, Shanahan coaching tree and, and you know, the McVay coaching tree. So I think it's a perfect offense for Russ. Lockett, DK, all these guys, like the fact that they're going to be running some more shorter routes, I actually think that's going to be really good for everybody involved. So Russ is a guy that if he gets to, you know, if once Holmes, Allen, Jackson, Murray, and Prescott are off the board, I'm like turning my eyes squarely to Russell Wilson because I think he has the same upside as some of those other quarterbacks. It's not quite baked into his ADP. Absolutely not. And I think recency bias plays a huge part in that. Like you said, people were highly disappointed in Ross last the, the second half of last season and he certainly let them down and that could be playing into where his ADP is falling and I absolutely it's not quite a value but it's definitely better than it was in the last couple of years so certainly I'm in with you there absolutely all right let's agree on our running back pick here and just talk about Antonio Gibson because I'm obsessed with Antonio Gibson like same give me give me that gimme. he might Right. He might not have the ceiling in his range of outcomes if J.D. McKissick is still there taking some third down work. But, man, the the workload that he was given just in the preseason alone, like when he's been out there, he has been getting the ball. You know, and I I think that's kind of the way it's going to go this year. So tell me why we should all be we should both right now mutually take our two flags and pop him in Antonio Gibson here. He finished as RB 13 overall on only 170 carries total carries that his efficiency was off the charts. Right. And you can say he had 11 touchdowns. That's fine. Maybe he was a little efficient in the touchdown department, but if you're expecting like we are, like this coaching has been saying to get more, more of the volume, more of the carries, Hopefully he's on more third down snaps than he was last yeah. year. I think he was never on the field because of McKissick being the thorn in his side. If he's getting that volume, more volume, and he gets less touchdowns, he's still got that top five crazy upside. And he was getting targeted, like you said. That is my favorite thing from the preseason, that he was getting those targets. We were looking to see if they would increase target volume. They did. So that is that is key. And a a target in fantasy, a, a a catch is worth so much more than a carry. I think Ryan Weiss said football guys put out an article that a single carry is worth like 0.5 points, but a catch is almost worth two. You want a pass catching running back on your roster. So I am just, I'm all in on Gibson and Fitzpatrick raises that ceiling. I think too, people are going to shy away because of McKissick, because of Fitz saying he's going to target hyper target that wide receiver one. I think he just elevates the offense in general. Plus that defense. Oh my Mm -hmm. goodness. That defense is going to be fantastic. It's 
going to lead to probably some great game scripts for Gibson down the line. Yeah, I mean, it's like just check, 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 check for <laughs> Antonio Gibson. And if honestly, the fact that you can't project all the third down work this year is what's keeping him at RB11. If he was going to get that, honestly, he'd have a case to be like the top of tier two, you know, like knocking on that RB6, RB7 overall spot in rankings this year. Um, And frankly, I think he could get there, right? If all things kind of come together, I think he could get there. He's gotten 17 touches on 24 preseason snaps so far. So like, yeah, when he's been out there, He's been the guy. I feel like that's going to be the case this year. I'm right there with you. We're we're together on this pick here with Antonio Gibson. Like, And Fitzpatrick is the key to all of this because Gibson was hyper-efficient on offenses last year, captained by just, you know, miserable quarterback play. Like, you know, Dwayne Haskins, what's left of Alex Smith? Like, no, no, thank you. Kyle Allen. Oh, Kyle Allen taking snaps oh, last year. So. Me. Yeah, oh, I mean, as a Curtis Samuel guy, trust me, Kyle Allen is on my list for the rest of time. Um, <laughs> like, it's great they're on the same roster again. There's like a scenario where they could play together again and like, you know, in a dark, dark, dark scenario. Let's not talk about it. Let's stay positive. Antonio Gibson, like Fitzpatrick just changes the equation here because like the efficiency of the entire offense could really be boosted. And that's just going to help Antonio Gibson, the defense, keeping the game scripts together. I'm all in on Gibson this year. If I'm picking in the second round, unless you know Austin Eckler or Jonathan Taylor or like Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones falls to those that that pick Antonio Gibson is my second round pick this year spoiler alert to everybody out there that that is (laughs) listening and playing in leagues with me you can go ahead and take him ahead of me because uh, that's that's my second round pick this year doesn't it matter what receiver even gets there I would take I honestly might take him over like Diggs is my wide receiver one overall I still might take Gibson just because I'm that obsessed with the upside there. He is my third. He is my top of my third tier in terms of running backs. So let's move on to wide receivers. I'll go first on this one, and then we'll go to you, because I think you actually have a really good pick here as well. Um, Jacoby Myers. I'm going to go late, late round here. Jacoby Myers is a guy I'm willing to plant a flag on this year. I really think he's an underrated player, underrated route runner, underrated separator, stud. I think he's under. I think he just hasn't gotten enough credit for the work he's been able to do in well, as soon as he got playing time last year in the adjusted sense of the New England offense, actually put up some pretty decent numbers. Um, he is like on the field for every single snap with the Patriots first team offense this year. I think he's going to play outside and then he's going to shift inside when they go to um, three receiver sets, which is just such a juicy role. I mean, we've seen Julian Edelman crush it in that flanker slot hybrid role. Um, I have him ranked way ahead of ADP at wide receiver 49. And honestly, with this whole... The, this drumbeat is now starting too. that, you know, can withhold the whole misunderstanding of the COVID policies. And, you know, that's going to, I think Mike Giardi from NFL network basically said like, yeah, this is going to kind of open the door reported. Like there's some whispers that it opens the door for Mac Jones to potentially take the week one job. And I mean, I love Cam Newton. He's one of my favorite players ever, but you know, I, I do think we agree that Mac Jones is probably better for the pass catchers in this offense, just because of the style that they'll play with Jones as opposed to Newton probably yeah i'd say a hundred (laughs) percent i have to couch it for cam i have to couch it for cam because i just like the player so much come on man eight passing (laughs) touchdowns total last season from cam yeah not great not great not great great. not not what you want yeah and the only reason i didn't bring up brandon Ayuk here uh is because i'm giving brett a one-week reprieve from hearing me talk about 49ers. Um, but just so you know, yeah, my flag is planted on Brandon Ayuk. You should draft him in the sixth Ooh. round. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> let's 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 not get me uh, another 49ers reference on this podcast. Let's move <laughs> on to your wide receiver pick, uh, a player I really like as well. Absolutely. My pick is Deontay Johnson of the Steelers. Now, his, <laughs> his <laughs> I love, I love, love, love his upside, right? You can get this guy in the fourth or fifth round of your drafts currently and little, little known to the, the public in his 12 healthy games last year that he played in full. Of course, he was injured and started some games and then got injured last season in the healthy games he played. Average 12 targets, 75 yards and 18 points per game. That would make him the number five scoring fantasy wide receiver, you'd slot him in right between Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins. That to me is just blows my mind. 
Yes, his downside, the drops, right? People are going to lead with, he dropped the ball. He led the league and dropped passes with, I think, 16 or something. This is not a sticky stat. This is not a predictable stat year over year. So I'm not worried about the drops. Big Ben is back. Big Ben loves this guy as his target, his his top target. He had the sixth overall in the leader in targets last season. He had more than Tyree Kill, more than Calvin Ridley, more than Allen Robinson. These are just, these are things that blow my mind. More than Terry McLaurin. Like, are you kidding me? And if you're worried about Juju and Claypool, they were both there last year, right? I'm not worried about that. They're going to have their games. Claypool's going to have his, his four touchdown game or whatever, whatever we're going to see from him. But yeah, Deontay is just too big of a value to pass up in those fourth and fifth rounds where he's got that top 10 upside and they've been they they've been banging the drum on him and even in the preseason opener he was the only player i think on the field with the starters for all the snaps he's he's gonna get those targets i think he's just a screaming value this year as as much as we don't want to put him in those top in that that discussion with those other receivers i mentioned you don't see deontay johnson highlight reels too often like you do for you know ridley or hopkins but we don't need higher highlight reels to win our uh, to win our weeks, right? <laughs> we want those points. So exactly, and targets are earned. I think Johnson has earned the target level that he get that he got last year. I mean, like the preseason uh, pass that he caught from Ben Roethlisberger, like oh, it was no. deep pass, like right. But I mean, Ben's like pop gun arm barely got that thing there. But <laughs> I do think Ooh. though, I think there is some signal in that that with Najee Harris there, there like a lot of Johnson's like short passes that he dropped over the middle those little quick hitters I feel like a lot of those were they were just like an extension of a running game that wasn't working you know like the Patriots used to do that all the time those quick tempo passes to to get the ball out and like basically function as a running game when they didn't have one I think that's what they were doing with Deontay last year like maybe his overall target volume might come down because they're going to run more and I think Claypool I love Claypool I think he's going to be involved Juju's still there Pat Fryermuth, your guy, Pat Fryermuth, he's going to be uh, popping up every now and again. Like even James Washington, maybe he's still on the roster. So maybe the overall target volume comes down. But if the efficiency of those targets comes up because they use him more downfield and Johnson's a good player, like he's not just some little short route runner. He's a stud. I, I love I really like Deontay Johnson. I think by the end of the year, we could be talking about him in the same breath as guys like DK Metcalf. A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, those superstars that came out of the 2019 class. I think Johnson's got a chance to join those guys. So I'm 100% with you on this pick. Um, I'm also uh, 100% with you on your tight end pick. I'm going to go with a different guy, but you tell us why you're all in on Tyler Higby this year. By the way, I think the tight end I've drafted more than anybody else this year. Absolutely. I'm I love that we're in on some of the same guys here. This is great. Yeah, Higby. I mean, I feel good. It makes me feel good. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Higby's exciting. I mean, you're not, you don't have to pay up for him. You can get him at a low round cost, a low round cost. He's got that high upside. I've, I've taken him in the ninth, 10th, 11th rounds here. And Gerald Everett, his previous teammate is, is now gone. He's with the Seahawks. So when Gerald Everett was out for those last four or five games, I think of the 2019 season, Higby went on a tear. He was the tight end one, I think, for those weeks when when Everett was out. He had over 100 yards a game. He had crazy target share. He was getting you 22 points a game. I mean, that is unheard of and not something that we should be expecting as well, right, every single week for this tight end. But it shows that that upside, that tremendous upside that that he can give you in a low cost. And that's kind of what we're looking for for a tight end. You either want the top echelon, the top three, or you want to wait and try to get a guy that's going to see a good a good target share and going to be using the end zone there. So, And Matthew Stafford, new quarterback, he likes his tight ends. He targets his yeah. tight ends over the last few seasons at a very nice rate of over 20%. So it's all there for Higby. We got to see if he can put it together with, with Stafford juices up the ceiling of the offense overall. And like, you know, some of the the rankings for Robert Woods and Cooper cup have adjusted for that ceiling. I mean, we're all busy speculating about who's the wide receiver three, um, you know, how high can we push Daryl Henderson post cam acres, but Higby's kind of been the quiet one all off season. I'm actually hundred percent with you there. Uh, I have him in my third tier of tight ends along with, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, those guys. I think his outlook is not too far away from those guys, but his draft ranking is 
So you can definitely get him at a value. My tight end that I'm I'm uh putting a putting a flag on here, actually, you know, connective tissue here, is Gerald Everett. I think Gerald Everett, to bring it back to Russ at the top, like this offense is going to be better this year. It's going to be more stable. I don't know that Gerald Everett is going to become an every week starter at tight end. Uh, I would also guess probably not. You know, I think the only every week starters are tight ends one to seven and everything after that. It's like, good luck to you. Uh, But I think if you're trying to take that swing in the late rounds, I've got Gerald Everett as tight end 13 and he goes like, sometimes he goes like outside the top 20 tight ends. And it's like, what are we doing here? You know, at least there's been some people out there that have put the you know dots together that oh Higby no Gerald Everett like let's bump him up but I think Everett should also get that bump now that he's out of Higby's zone too and Shane Waldron obviously Rams offensive coordinator connective tissue there there's really no third receiver that I think is going to command targets in this offense I don't think Everett is going to suddenly eat into the volume of Lockett or Metcalf or anything like that. But I think he can draw a pretty decent enough target share to be, you know, that weekly dart throw at the tight end position. So he is a guy that I have drafted an awful lot, especially as a tight end, too. You know, I don't always like to take second tight ends, um, but if you're going to do it, you should take an upside dart throw here that like if the first three weeks, it just looks like, oh, Gerald Everett's playing like 80 percent of the snaps and getting six targets a game. And he's had a couple of nice moments. He could be a trade piece or you trade, you know whichever tight end you took before, like Hawkinson or Andrews or something, I would just take a late round dart throw and see what happens with Gerald Everett. Um, I'm willing to plant that flag there. But Victoria, you've said it all. You've done it all. You've agreed with me on on several players. We've agreed with each other. Um, that either could be very good uh, or very bad. We'll see. Um, it's hard. <laughs> we'll find out by the end of the year. Um, but I really appreciated having you on. You're doing great work at football guys. The football guys mailbag show is awesome as well. I think, you know, just anybody that's in the football guys family is in the Harmon family as well. It's all the same coaching tree, like I said, but let the folks know what you're going to be up to this season and where we can find you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm doing, doing work for footballguys.com. You can find my articles and my rankings there. Those rankings will be updated all season long. Also, you can find me every Wednesday on the football guys mailbag show at 7 30 PM Eastern with Dave and Troy. I cannot wait for the season to begin. And that I hope that because we agree on a lot of these players, fingers crossed that we're hitting on them. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's going to be a good year for our guys, uh, Antonio Gibson, Deontay Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, While you are waiting to find out whether the damn Washington football team is going to throw to Antonio Gibson on third down, make sure you check out all of our exciting new podcasts here at Yahoo Sports. Charles Robinson is bringing back the NFL podcast. It's now you pod to win the game. Make sure to check that out. Subscribe. All that good stuff. That's at FFB underscore Victoria. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We even rock underscores, which is a a tough choice for us. But you know what? The few, the proud, the brave. There are dozens of us out here rocking the underscore on fantasy Twitter. Check us out on Twitter overall at Yahoo Fantasy. Dalton Del Don will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. Until then, we are out.